Hello and welcome to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Jared taking care of us. And, uh, uh mm. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I think, oof, op, Ooh. That was going to be mine, yeah. <laughs> Zoiks. Ew, I, David. <laughs> Ew, David Poyle. Ew. Oh, it's... It was uh, bad. That was a rough one last night, folks. And, I mean, it's one game. One game out of potentially seven, you hope. It was a bad one. <laughs> it was a bad. It was it was a bad one. Uh, bar, first of all, pardon my voice. Allergy season is among us as pollen just continues to cake on vehicles mm-hmm. and within our nasal cavities. And my voice will squeak Oops. sometimes, like you know, I'm working at the Taco Bell at 17 years old, reaching <laughs> in to get the taco that fell. Uh, do you want? I can't even do it. I was going to tell you. Do you want sauce with that? Do you want sauce with that? That's what my voice always is. My whole vo- my whole life is. Up and down voice. It's cracking I lose voice. my voice like five times a year, and when I talk, it's like. <laughs> well, I just remember back in the day. Oh, we can go and start reminiscing now because I mean the countdown's on. Uh, um. <laughs> we'd always say, "Glenn, get closer to the mic. We can't hear you. Yeah, you're turned up all the way. Glenn, get closer to the mic. We can't hear you. You're turned up. <laughs> yeah. So just with the Nashville Predators, and here's the here's, here's the, the dish. dish. <laughs> here's the dish. Because it was PBR late night. Late night on PBR at nine o'clock. I was serving up dishes <laughs> late at night. <laughs> but uh, there's there's so much to, before we even get into talking about the game because you've you've y'all heard saw it. it. Yeah, you, <laughs> y'all saw it, or you listened to it, or you just you know turned off the TV and watched the updates on your phone, <clears throat> which is what I did because mm-hmm. I was in the locker room getting ready for my own game, which. We lost 8-1, to one, so uh, we were just taking a note from the Predators <laughs> in our game last night. But it was, a, it was a fun weekend overall for me in general, and, and I'm so glad Glenn was able to be a part of it. We had, uh, finally, my wedding reception was in Lebanon mm-hmm. at, the, at the Capitol Theater. And if any, this is hockey-related, I promise. But what's fun about this, because I got married back in January, but we wanted to make sure, because obviously there's bigger COVID pushback in the winter and you know people with travel and everything like that too obviously doing much better now but wanted to have something in late spring mm-hmm. or middle of spring to make sure people could come and what was fantastic was is having you know people get together that don't see each other in a long time at weddings and funerals mm-hmm. this was related around a wedding wedding thank god but there's so many people that I've met through hockey that I got to see that I haven't seen in a very long time or haven't got to spend any time with in a very long time or people that moved on from Nashville that live in different states now and all coming together to help my wife Alex and I celebrate. And that just mm-hmm. meant a lot to me to have so many people come out for us. But also what I knew what would happen is these other people that haven't seen each other a long time use it as an opportunity to catch up. It's obviously mm-hmm. not just about us, but seeing people that have been friends for so many, so many years that started off around being fans of a hockey team being able to come together and just spend a few hours together was special mm-hmm. to me to, to see people be able to, to to break bread and have that fellowship and everything too together. That's what meant so much to me to be able to see people at tables laughing and joking yep. and people's lives have changed. Other people have gotten married, have kids and everything like that too. Yeah. And it's just, it was so awesome to see that happen over the weekend. And I loved experiencing that because obviously I want to go and celebrate you and Alex your love is amazing. I love it. I love the two of you, and I love you two as individuals and together. Um, but for me, I I had a few moments where I just kind of looked around and felt I wouldn't know any of these people <laughs> if it weren't for meeting you all those years ago. And so I got super nostalgic, which I do pretty much every day of my life. <laughs> but 
um, some of them I haven't seen in years that you that I used to see pretty much on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And every single one of them I met because of our friendship and the love that we share for hockey and the love that they share for hockey. And so it was an absolute blast. I felt like every time I turned around, <laughs> I had like a clutch my pearls moment, like hand on the chest, like, oh my gosh, look who it is. <laughs> and every time I turned around, it was that. And that was so heartwarming. I had I went to bed so thankful and grateful that night. My heart was just full. Um, and I woke up the next day and was like, that was that was one of those nights that you just needed. You know, Absolutely. I just needed a night like that with everybody there celebrating love, everybody celebrating all of our love for each other. It was just it was it was perfect. It was. It absolutely was. And there wasn't a Preds game, and they didn't lose that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was perfect. <laughs> and want to take the opportunity, too, because she was there, but a good, big friend of the show. She's She's been a photographer for Penalty Box Radio as well when we've been on trips and everything. Um, Allison Hall Kelly had a set of twins on Monday. After um, being there on Saturday after night? After being there Saturday. Yeah. Twins Monday. So congratulations to Allison and AJ, Bo Wallace Kelly, and John Banks Kelly. Birth so of their precious. twin boys. Absolutely precious. And those, those are big boys. They are big boys. <laughs> and the fact that she stayed at that reception with she was talking about her swollen ankles she's like I'll be fine I'm just gonna sit like she was so unfazed by the fact that she was about to give birth on Monday <laughs> <laughs> and the, the fact that we have been live now on air for six and a half minutes means the Colorado Avalanche would have been up to nothing oh and then <laughs> if it give it another time. minute give it another minute that would have had a, sh- a shorthanded goal and it'd be three nothing uh, so transitioning to that yes it was it was awesome to see so many great faces there too and you know, as you all probably know, if you heard the announcement last week, how we'll be ending our run at the end of the Natural Predator season, uh, it's not going to be the end of us because I think what's going to be important for us is to stay a part of hockey as well. Because obviously, I'm not just leaving the sport mm-hmm. by any means, but I want to get people together like what we and had. Stay connected yeah, in the community. Absolutely. With the, with the Stadium Series game, getting together and having lunches like at Maymax Market to eat Filipino food and just have fellowship and everybody talking and what's up watch parties things like that we're going to get back to that grassroots stuff too but it's not going to be that that we have to do it every week kind of thing but we want to make sure we get together with y'all and watch hockey and talk hockey and and, and watch the preds i think if i think so many of us almost everybody learned um starting in 2020 and up until now how important that fellowship and that community is with people right and when all of a sudden that's taken away from us um the sport was taken away from us all of it and so now it just kind of puts things in perspective of like we want to make sure that we prioritize that because this community that's the reason why we've done this for 10 years yeah speaking of voices listen to me i know (laughs) that's because of y'all so now, now at this time, the, the Avalanche would be up uh, three nothing. But let's go ahead and look at that seven <laughs> two loss briefly before we move on. We have we do a fun show. Uh, Kyle Perkins, who has been a big uh, friend of the show, uh, you know he's on uh, a podcast, Catfish and Ice, and he does things with Renegades of Puck from our, our good friend Charlie Sonier. There, he's going to come on the show to have his debut to talk about the Predators. He does a really good job analyzing stuff too, and, and I really like his perspective. It reminds me. It reminds me a lot of analysis of what Ben provided for us, too, mm. with what Kyle provides. A lot, a lot of no-nonsense, but still has that fan perspective as well, too, mm-hmm. but not always hot-taking. And that's what's important. Uh, and then Matt Best, who has been with us so many times, he he was guest host when I was on my honeymoon. He's the best. Yeah. He's been go- he's going through a lot. He's with sports gambling and everything, too. We'll get, we'll get an idea from him, too, and some betting. We'll go, go ahead and do that. He'll join us after that, too. And plus, plenty of, of your questions coming up. But 
the Nashville Predators, the game was over very quickly. <laughs> game one was, was over so quickly uh, to the point that Matt Duchesne put two goals in, which would have been great had they not been down six nothing at that point. And yeah. it was, I think, frustration. It's past that part of frustration. It's embarrassment mm-hmm. is what that is because there there can be blowouts that'll happen. And Glenn, we discussed this before the show too. A blowout can happen when it adds up over time. Like if it ends up being five nothing loss, mm-hmm. but you know you had two goals scored in the first, one goal in the second, They're two spaced in the third, out, spaced out a little bit. Played yes, your it's, game. yeah, it's bad, <laughs> but it doesn't feel as bad mm-hmm. when you go down five nothing in the first. That's embarrassing, and that's that's the, where the problem lies. Is how how you lose. Now, granted, Connor Ingram came in, seemed like they found their footing as well, but. Is it really finding your footing when Colorado probably came off the gas a little bit too? Because you saw what it was like when Colorado was pedal to the metal and you didn't even come close to surviving that. Yeah. Is 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 it is that really what it's gonna be like? I mean, John Hines said he's pretty he's decided the starter for game two, but he's gonna sleep on it to make sure. You have two choices. Yeah. It's a 50-50 shot if you want to bet on this. Unless somehow you're signing an e-bug and you're like, you know what, we'll just go that route. But that's not going to happen. So I'm very curious, and we'll talk with both Kyle and Matt about this as well too, but with the start that David Riddick had, do you give him another shot? Or do you say, okay, Connor, it's your turn to go in and face the Flames, and then when you go down 5 nothing, we'll put Riddick in, and we're just going to play the carousel game mm-hmm. over and over until four games are over. What, what happens? What are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, it's just one of the things about Nashville is that Nashville has a history of having, for the most part, pretty solid goaltending. Nobody in Nashville is ever season in, season out concerned about their goaltending. There's never really been a question, right? And so now we're starting to really see the dependence that this team has. We I mean, everybody in the league talks about the importance of a goaltender, right? But when you have had a Pecorine, a Yusisaros playing in his very first starting season the way that he has been, your team, I think, becomes a little bit dependent on them, right? And we talked ad nauseum this season. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that because you never know what the playoffs could present. What if they're not in the playoffs? This is what this is what has happened. And so I think that the Predators, not just the fans seeing it concerned about goaltending, but the Predators players themselves have found themselves in a spot of, oh, I think we've, <laughs> I think maybe, because where, where is the defense in any of that? Right. right? I mean, I'm not just Riddick, on the goaltender. Exactly. I mean, granted, let's yeah. be honest, <laughs> there is a lot more that Riddick could have done. But on the other end of that, where was anybody in front of him? I mean, the two goals that Connor Ingram let in, those were, I mean, that was like, I think it was a Nathan McKinnon shot, which, I mean, no, I don't really know. There's not a lot of people that are going to be stopping that. And then one, I think, bounced off of Mark Borbieski. So it's like, I don't know. What do you do? I mean, I know what I would do. What would I would you give do? Connor Ingram Yeah, start, I think Connor 100%. Ingram is the one that you have to start to. now. Yeah. And then you figure out from there. And you know what? I think we're going to need a bigger boat. Or mm-hmm. I think we're going to need another Timmy. <laughs> 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 we want to throw it back, but it's – 
The lineup has to change. A lot has to change to give any sort of confidence to the fan base, to media, to everybody that this team stands a chance. Yeah, it's one game. But boy, oh boy, is that an awful yeah, way to start it. It's it's so. one game, but it's also when you look across the league, if you're going to play a one game like that in the playoffs against any team, you really don't – it can't be against a Colorado Avalanche team. And it, it can't. doesn't bode well when they blew a four-goal lead to one of the worst teams exactly. in the NHL before yep. the playoffs. It Very could true. have changed their opponent as well. Very true. All that. All right. We'll talk more about the Predators, and so that's why we kind of – Shifted a little bit here. We'll, we'll talk with Kyle Perkins. He's a Renegades of Puck and Catfish and Ice podcast. Up next, Penalty Box Radio, ESPN, 1025 The Game. Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio here on Star Wars Day. Happy May the 4th to all of you, including you, Glenn. Including you. Thank you so much for including me. <laughs> Even though I, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I have watched all of them at some point in my life. I didn't comprehend most of it. <laughs> I was present. I had my eyes open, but I only picked up on oh certain things. Well, Justin Bradford, Glenn Block, we're producer Jared here on Penalty Box Radio. Uh, you're listening to Duel of the Fates. Oh, that is, that is my favorite piece. How and- do you know that song? Huh? I'm just joking. <laughs> Says the girl who loves musical theater. It's a joke. Yeah, I know yeah, how you uh-huh, know that uh-huh. song. So I just I did go on Sunday night after the SC game and after the Music City Blitz at Nissan Stadium to watch John Williams' music in oh, concert yeah. at the National Symphony, yeah. which is fantastic. And then the symphony just announced today they're doing the music of Star Wars in their next oh. season. Very excited about that. Okay. That exciting. Let's keep talking natural predators and get some analysis here. Kyle Perkins uh, from Renegades of Puck and Catfish and Ice and the Backwoods of Kentucky. Is joining us on the air right now, Kyle. How's it going, man? It's going pretty good. Uh, just been uh, kind of diverting myself from the last night mess with all the good stuff going on in Milwaukee today. Yes, some very big news there. I know that the Admiral's Twitter account told you to to calm down. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a little excited. I I can't help myself. I've been on the Askarov train since we drafted him. So. Uh, yeah, I was more than a little excited. Yeah. For those that, that don't know, uh, Yaroslav Askarov and Yusuf Parsonen uh, over to Milwaukee. Askarov with his not just not his ELC yet because you don't want to burn a year if he does anything, uh, but with, on a tryout agreement. So it's just getting him over to North America and getting him the hell out of Russia is <laughs> very important for that. Uh, so Kyle, let's just jump right in into Predstock here. Glenn and I were talking about in the first segment. The lineup obviously needs to be changed up just a tad. What would you do to change this lineup going into game two? What are the adjustments you would make? I would want to keep uh, Duchesne, uh, Gramlin, and Forsberg together uh, just because you need a, a line that's going to – they just punish people with their, with their play. They, they're so offensively talented. And you know you got to throw everything you can at them at this point. Uh, it's just kind of hard to stop all three of them. Uh, that said, going down to the second line, I'd really like to see Ryan Johansson with Philip Tomasino and Ellie Tolvanen. Those two young guys, Johansson seems to feed off of the young guys, their energy, and he's played his best hockey this year, I think, with those younger guys on his line. And Tolvanen needs to play. If he can't play now, he's. we need to start having some difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. And moving speak- on down again, I would say the herd line needs to stay the same. And going down to the fourth, I'd play Cousins, McCarron, and Olivier. And leave Mr. Cunning out of the lineup. Okay, so now that you've got the lineup kind of shifted, I mean, obviously everybody knows this. Last night was very difficult to watch, but it also brought up a lot of questions for a lot of people. Like, how are they going to continue to compete against this team for the remainder of this series? Um, So, Kyle, what do you think, aside from possible lineup shifts, what do you think this team's focus needs to be, not just to win the next game, but what does their focus need to be on how are they going to compete with this Colorado team who is clearly playing on all cylinders? The main thing, in my opinion, is they have to slow them down through the neutral zone and especially through the center of the ice. Uh, there's too many rushes coming dead up the middle and at the goaltender. Uh they're not. They haven't. They weren't able to force things to the outside until late in that game, and they started getting a little better at it as it went on. Um, you look back at a lot of the games that the Predators have had success against very talented teams uh, this year. You saw punishing hits in center ice. It would always be a Geno or um, Boro or somebody along those lines. Somebody tries to bring it through the neutral zone up dead up the middle, and they get taken out. If they don't feel comfortable taking up the puck mid up the middle, they're going to go to that outside where the shot quality is going to be a whole lot less, and you take some of this skill away from Colorado uh, because there's a whole lot there. <laughs> there absolutely is a whole lot there. It's almost, That's the energy right there. There's a whole there's lot a whole of skill lot in that there. team. <laughs> uh, Kyle Perkins, uh, Renegades of Puck and Catfish and Ice Podcast, joining us on Penalty Box Radio. And see, if, if you didn't think you knew what he was talking about, that, that should signify right there, too, when he's talking about clogging up the neutral zone and doing everything you can to slow down uh, the skill that, that Colorado has, whatever you can do uh, for that as well. So we look at this, and obviously it's been the hot topic of discussion. I know earlier today on Jared versus Joe, they discussed it on Robbie and Rex Road. It's been discussed on the airwaves everywhere of who should get the start, who's to blame, all that stuff. But if it were you, who should get the start in game two? We know John Hines has said he has decided that, but he's going to sleep on it. Who gets the start and why? It's been pretty obvious all year long that the coaching staff does not trust David Riddick. Uh, I have nothing against the guy. He's an excellent human being. Seems like a cool guy to be around. But I believe Connor Ingram's a better goaltender uh, when it comes down to brass tacks. And I think you've got to start Connor. You look at the game he played after he came in. He came into a game that was an absolute circus. He has Boro fall on him and then kick the puck in. Uh, to give Landeskog that goal. And then he basically stood on his head the rest of the game. Um, he got scored on by Nathan McKinnon. There's a lot of goalies that's been scored on by Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> uh, I really can't complain about the way he played. He let in two goals against arguably one of the best scoring teams in the league. I think it's a, an easy and obvious choice. That said, who knows what they do. That's that's a very fair take on that because who knows at this point what's going to happen. Now, when it comes to Yusuf and the injury, there's all these what-ifs and everything like that. Most people know my take. I think everybody's had this take that he kind of was running to the ground as well too. 
what do you think is one of those reasons to the Predators are in this situation? Is this one of those fluke injuries, or do you think Saros should have started more? They started with the right amount of time. What's your opinion on this as well? I kind of believe it's just it wore him down as many starts as he had this year. And, you know, ankle sprains, they're dealing with tendons and stuff like that. Goalies, the amount of force they go down with and they're popping back up, that's a lot of strain on those tendons. And you got to think over how many, what was he, 67 starts or something like that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Whatever it was, it was a whole lot of starts. Um, That's a lot of wear and tear on your joints and tendons and everything else, and it was kind of a matter of time before something happened. And, Kyle, I want to shift gears a little bit to you right now because we got really nostalgic last week. I cried on air. We talked about me getting my start into loving the sport. Uh, We talked tonight about all the people that we've become connected with because of the sport. So it makes me curious. I want to know about your start. What got you into the sport? Was it something that you grew up with? Was it something that you just came across and fell in love? What was, what's your story? Well, like Justin said, I'm from the backwoods of Kentucky. Hockey does not exist here. Um, <laughs> it's, it, you might as well speak a foreign language if you even talk about the sport because everybody's going to look at you weird. I grew up um, in Mississippi, so I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you know the feeling. And it was actually the 2019 Dallas series of the playoffs. And I just happened to be sitting there watching TV – or messing around on the computer or something, and I was waiting for something to download. And I was just flipping through channels, and I saw the game on. And uh, it's like, oh, that's Nashville. I didn't know they had a team. Um, Of course, this is after the cup run and everything else, so I I didn't even know they existed, but okay. And uh, the play that made me go, oh, crap, this is cool, was actually Ryan Ellis doing one of his sliding – on his belly down the ice blocking a shot. And I was like, holy crap, he jumped right in front of that puck. These guys are insane. And I just kind of started watching a game every now and again. And next season started, and I started watching a few more and a few more and a few more. And then I found the Facebook group. Oh, and no. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's where it, that's where it all started. And so <laughs> – and then I graduated to Twitter, and things got better. Um, but, and I have to talk about somebody a little bit because everybody knows that Pete Weber and Terry Chris made hockey in Nashville. They brought it to the people. Well, I came along late, and my Pete Weber and Terry Chris was Justin Bradford. And he taught me the game. Some random dude that messaged him on Twitter. And Justin taught me this game that I now love that I'm I'm talking on the radio about. <laughs> it's just dumbfounding to me. But I've learned the game. I've, I've went so far as to I follow the prospects in Russia. I follow the prospects overseas. I've, I've dabbled into learning Russian just to help understand some of these players a little more. It's become a bit of an obsession. I've, I started out making memes. And now, uh, now I'm a podcast co-host and contribute to two shows, and it's just it's been a wild ride, and I love it. It's 
it's become an irreplaceable part of my life. I can echo that sentiment. That's beautifully said. Justin is very good at that because I credit <laughs> I credit that to him as well. Well, Kyle, that mean that means a lot, brother. Um, obviously, we appreciate you coming on and appreciate your your opinion, and everything too. And I'm proud of you and the work you're putting in on on the programs you're a part of and and the hilarity you bring with your memes as well too. That good proper balance of analysis and memes uh, is obviously very important. But uh, keep up the great work. Um, on Twitter, on Facebook, trolling people every once in a while too, but keep up the great work, man. I'm proud of you and, and really appreciate you coming on and joining us. I'm glad to be here. Thank you all for having me. Absolutely, folks. Kyle Perkins, Renegades of Puck, and Catfish and Ice Podcast. Make sure you give the, those a listen and a watch as well. He's doing great work, and he's learning the sport and learning as, as he goes and doing a fantastic job with that as well. Uh, okay, up next. Matt Best of Penalty Box Radio and Mayo Media Network, as well as Snapcall Media. First of all, the dude knows sports betting, so we'll I'll probably have a question on that or two. But he's coming up next. Penalty Box Radio, ESPN, 102.5 The Game. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 1025, the game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blacko, Penalty producer Box here. Radio. <laughs> I told you my voice is cracking today. That was a good one. That was box. I like this. Uh, trying to match the levels of the music. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I'd say the type of music genre they're playing, but I have a feeling it's not allowed to be said on air. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> George Lucas named the type of music that the cantina oh. band plays. Oh, and you just can't say But it. it is a word that could be easily misconstrued. Oh, then we can't. Yeah, we don't It begins do with that. a J and has two Zs. And, it, and oh. that is, it's not jazz. It's a different vowel. And so, but it's what, what he named it. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> All right. Uh, it just took whoo. me like five whole minutes to I'm get there. Having to explain the whole thing. Glenn's just with big eyes looking at me. I'm like, Go well, on, do explain. tell. Are you going to tell it? Do what are you tell. Say? Uh, <laughs> All right, well. There's plenty more action going on in the Stanley Cup playoffs aside from the Predators getting their butt whooped. Uh, let's talk to Matt Best on the phone with us right now. Good friend of the show, good friend of ours. Matt, welcome, man. Hey, I'm more interested in like what we're calling the Cantina Band. <laughs> See? What, 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 what's the song title? What? Just I know Google it. I know it starts with a J and ends in Actually, that said because I'm Canadian. But don't like, Google it because you don't know what's going to come up. I'm scared to Google it. Go incognito. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I typed in the two words that I probably shouldn't have into Google just then. But, no, I'm, I'm thrilled to be on. Uh, I, I love you guys dearly. I'll save that all till the end. But, yeah, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So what I noticed from a bunch of Game 1s, there were a lot of blowouts. Either five nothing games, four nothing games. I mean, there were plenty of blowouts just in these. And then you was, she was going on right now, three nothing Carolina over Boston. What is there any reason to explain this? Is it because uh, there's just mismatches going on. Some teams are just better than the others. I know sometimes things will even out, even when you have a blowout in game one. I'm not sure if that's going to happen with Nashville, Colorado. But what was there any reason what you can see in why some of these blowouts are happening when it's the playoffs, especially? a second and third like a Minnesota and St. Louis you think would be a better matchup? A lot of it comes down to goaltending that we expected, right? I mean, you look at the National Predators, for example, and big save Dave hasn't been big save Dave outside of a couple times in the past few years. So it's no surprise that he can't Cinderella everything that's going on. You look at Carolina, I mean, Freddie Anderson isn't in net for you, and that's a big red flag. It's kind of scary there. 
And then if you go over, and I know it wasn't a blowout, but the Kings and the Oilers, if we want to talk about them for a quick second, it's a battle of older goaltenders. And it's going to be interesting to see whether the 36-year-old comes out on top or the 40-year-old comes out on top. For Johnny Quick, I mean, it's been 10 years removed, exactly 10 years since he hoisted the Stanley Cup in 2012 on that Cinderella eight-seed season. But I am seeing a little bit of parallels between those two teams. But to me, this year, we're going to see less of, wow, this goalie came in and miraculously backstopped them to a series win compared to seasons past. And Matt, I do want to hone in on Nashville just for a minute. Um, I have talked ad nauseum this season about the unique situation that the Predators are in where this is a season where they have multiple players having career years and then having to just kind of land themselves into a wild card spot to join the playoff race. What is your take on this? Is there something missing in this roster or on the coaching bench? Just what are your overall thoughts on how a team can have this many career year players going simultaneously yet, you know, they land a wild card spot and then they go and perform in game one like they did against Colorado? No team in the Stanley Cup playoffs is missing their starting goaltender as much as the National Predators are. I mean, you look over the last two seasons, without UC Soros, where does this team finish? Bottom 10 of the league, perhaps? I think it's completely fair to say that across the NHL that no team has benefited from stellar goaltending more than the National Predators. I think UC Soros deserves like the keys to the city at this point for bailing out this team for the last couple of years. Um, this team struggles with a few things and we've talked about it before one is just having a pure identity up and down the lineup because it feels like if the herd line's not out there's no checking going on then it feels like if you break up Granlin, duchene uh johansson you break up all these guys it just feels like you're throwing puzzle pieces in and trying to jam them all together whereas other teams have spent the whole season going this is our identity we know who we are and for the predators it just feels like john hines went oh no, UC Soros is not playing, I must tinker with other things. It's kind of a recipe for disaster when you start doing that and staying away from your identity. Um, the Preds need to play, and I mean, this is the most cliche thing you'll ever hear somebody say, their own style of hockey, which is they need to be the aggressor in the first period and then slowly take their foot off the break. There's no such thing as a full hard 60 minutes in sports. I will beat that cliche until it's dead. Um <laughs> But they need, they need to be a team that establishes them, themselves early. We've seen it happen throughout the regular season where they're on the forecheck on the first shift. They're going in hard in the corners. They're crashing the front of the crease and, like, snowing the goalie even. They're playing that gritty style instead of waiting for those four or five minutes to get their feet underneath them. Colorado exposed them. Uh, a few times. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> More than a couple, but I mean, you and Matt best joining us here on Penalty Box Radio. Matt, uh, switching over to the Eastern Conference, uh, Washington snuck in and stole game one against Florida. Obviously, Florida has been a juggernaut of offense all season. It's one game. It's one game. Any cause for concern, or is this like the Peter Laviolette getting everything he can out of a team until they can anymore? I have this series going to seven. A lot of people have the uh, Florida Panthers just cakewalking the Washington Capitals, but I think you look up and down the lineups of most of these teams in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and the one with a lot of experience, go look at the Washington Capitals. They have guys on this team who perform in big moments. TJ Oshie, Nick Backstrom, like you keep going up and down this list, who can forget uh, Ovechkin, and they play as much as people don't like Tom Wilson – 
he rubs off on everybody else and they play that gritty style of hockey. Connor Sherry, the list goes on and on. They're playoff tested. They're playoff ready. They're going to give the Florida Panthers a run for their money. The Florida Panthers have the same problem that Nashville has. If they don't establish early, they're always playing catch up. And for Sergei Bobrovsky, he needs to be left alone for the first little bit of the first period and just kind of settle in on his own. He needs a couple just baby shots sent to him so he gets his own bearing straight. Once you start trying to fire shots at uh, Sergei Bobrovsky from the get-go, that's when you're going to beat him. Because to me, Bob's been kind of a lazy goaltender throughout his career where you can beat him more often in the first period compared to other goaltenders. All right, staying in the East and going a little bit closer to home for you. Uh, obviously, the pressure is on Toronto. <laughs> There's oh, so no. much pressure on Toronto. And granted, in game one, they answered that pressure. I mean, a 5 nothing win against the defending Stanley Cup champs, that's a great way to kick off the playoffs for that team. But it doesn't seem like anything's going to quiet down the critics, the fans, and everything that's put the pressure on all those guys in Toronto until they, well, one, win a round, and then eventually get even deeper than that, too. But what do you think about Toronto? Is the pressure justified? Are they poised to actually get over that hurdle? And granted, whatever happens in Game 2 happens in Game 2 because they're currently at the time of this show down one nothing in Tampa <laughs> Bay. But overall, too, your take on Toronto as well, too, is this the year they finally break through some of those walls they've had so much trouble getting over? Losing to Montreal last year and watching them go to the Stanley Cup playoffs when the Leafs went, that could have been us. If the Habs could do that, that could have been us. They have that motivation this year that they perhaps haven't had in years past. Or when you get beat year after year by Boston, by Columbus, you're like, eh, they're good teams. We understand. But then you watch Montreal do it, and you're like, I, I don't get it. It's, it's all clicking at the right time. Uh, if they slay the dragon that is the Tampa Bay Lightning, they will have the most momentum in the second round out of any other team. The stakes aren't as high for any of the other teams compared to the Toronto Maple Leafs due to I mean, their geographical location in Toronto, where everything is absolutely crazy, um, and due to their roster construction and how they've continuously gone all in, all in, all in every single season. The biggest thing they need to beat this year more than anything is Andre Vasilevsky. The guy's 14-0 and with a 0.966 save percentage following a loss in the postseason, over the last two postseasons. So game two for me, the Leafs against the Lightning, if they if the Leafs can keep it within a goal and they lose this one, that's okay. It, it's beating Vasilevsky, which is the biggest problem. Stamkos, Hedman, these guys aren't as fast as they once was. They've lost some pieces over the years, too, and they're expecting guys like Cal Foote. They're expecting their younger guys to step up and provide that speed, where Toronto has speed up and down the lineup from big guys, too. I mean, you go look at a guy like Ilya Mikheyev, and that guy has hands, and he can fly, and he can check. Whereas Tampa has a few of those guys, but they're the they're guys buried on the fourth line that are missing one of those intangibles. Patty Maroon has all the grit, has all the playoff experience, but Justin, I'm pretty sure we could tie our skates together and go a little faster than old Patty Maroon. Um, <laughs> the biggest key for the Leafs, they've got the leadership. They have zero excuses this year. The roster construction is beautiful for the playoffs for once. They just got to beat Vasilevsky. All right, well, so given your previous experience with sports betting, because, like, that's your job, <laughs> I want to go ahead and get your thoughts because we have about two to three minutes left as well, too. At this point, what are some of the fun bets that could be made in the Stanley Cup playoffs, too? Or who's uh, – let's let's start this off with 
What's a player that you think would be a worthy bet to place for winning the Conn Smythe that probably isn't up there in the odds, but still you think could have a good chance to pay out? So if you're looking for someone right now as we're live betting, you want to look at a team that's behind in the series, but you think has a good chance to win the Stanley okay. Cup. So right now I'm looking at guys like Shesterkin. I'm looking at guys like Kaprizov. Um, I'm looking around the league at players like that. I mean, in Florida, too, you can go with Uberdo, but that's a little chalky. I think my favorite bet, honestly, right now, is if you believe that one of the Pittsburgh Penguins or New York Rangers has what it takes to win the Stanley Cup, those are your two bets right there, plus 1,700, plus 2,000 at most books. You're making a good bang for your buck there. If you want a supreme dark horse, go with the LA Kings at plus 4,200. I'm not into any of the Stanley Cup favorites like the plus 300 Avs, the 600 Panthers. No, 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 no. If you're doing futures, you need to at least have a bit of a risk there. So for me, I gave you those two players, but also for long shots, Penguins, Rangers, Kings, Capitals, if you want to make a bit of cash on a big underdog. Now, is there a bet on goal differential that could happen in games? <laughs> just, just bet the spread uh, or the bet the puck line on the Avalanche, and maybe do an alternate puck line of like two and a half if you really wanted to. <laughs> that series is going to be messy, man. A lot of DFS players are honing in on that because that's where a lot of the goals are. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there are. <laughs> well, Matt, as always, man, we, we appreciate it. Appreciate you so much. And also, I think, did you did you have anything to say, too? We actually have do have like a minute and a half. I didn't mean to cut you off because I know you said you want to say something. Yeah, I do. Um, I just wanted to thank the both of you. I know this is your final swan song here. And when you messaged me and said, hey, can you come on the show because you've been a friend of the show? I mean, it just made me all nostalgic, man. I, I was a kid fresh out of school when I reached out to you. I I typed in OHL internships on Google being in Canada. And I saw a website from Nashville pop up. I was like, what is happening here? This is incorrect. But lo and behold, <laughs> Justin, many years later, you've introduced me to many wonderful people like Glenn. You've introduced me to Kyle. You've introduced me to so many people in this industry. You've let me expand on my career in ways that I didn't think I'd do until like 10, 15 years down the road in my role. You're a big reason for my success, man. You're one of my best friends in this whole world, and I can't thank you enough for everything you've done for me. Yeah, both you and Kyle trying to make me cry. <laughs> or oh, succeeding. I heard you breaking up on the last one segment. <laughs> so, <yeah. sighs> well, Matt, we, pre we appreciate it. And, hey, Matt and I do have a podcast as well, Triple P uh, Podcast. That's not going anywhere either. It's just we both have had a lot going on, changing day jobs and everything too. That'll be coming back. I promise you that. So it's not goodbye for me, Matt, just – just so everybody knows, right, yeah, Matt? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it, yeah, absolutely. I get to bug you every day. It doesn't matter. Yeah. This, yeah, this is my formal, like, thank you for everything, but I'm probably going to DM you after the show, so it doesn't really. Yeah, and you're probably going <laughs> to call, call me names as well, too. No, I'm going to call you the cantina word that we can't see on air. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Matt, thank you so much again, man. <laughs> Always good talking to you, Matt. <laughs> Anytime. Miss you both dearly. Miss you, you too, too, dude. All right, Matt Best, uh, Mayo Media, uh, Sports Network, and, uh, yeah, Big friend of a penalty box radio. Uh, big thanks to him. And there, such a good guy. You got you got some betting tips right there too. Some sports betting tips. So take, Matt knows his stuff because basically he pays for his trips with all of his betting money. He doesn't with his regular money. He just puts that towards like mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> and everything. His and betting is money is his play money. Yeah. So he was able to come to the stadium series because of his sports betting wins. He knows what he's talking about. All right. We had a lot of questions, and there's a little bit of copy pasta I want to make sure we read out here uh, because it's making its rounds around the, the Nashville sports fans groups. So plenty of fun stuff coming up next. Penalty Box Radio, ESPN, 1025 The Game.
And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio here in ESPN 1025 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Jared, may the 4th be with you. That is not a lisp, that is May the 4th, as in May the 4th. All right. As if nobody knew, Justin. <laughs> wow. Even wow. I knew. Okay, Sassy. go ahead, sorry. All right, first question comes from Reagan. Why? <laughs> That is a great question. That was my question, too, if I were to submit a question to the show. The second question that came to us on Twitter is from Boyd. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Stephen Ellis wrote for us uh, now at the the hockey news and everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, His question is, would you rather play the first period yesterday forever in your mind or punch yourself (laughs) in the face for a year straight? (laughs) My... That was a good one. My <laughs> gift was a crying cat. Steven, um, Justin, and I all share a love for cats. Um, <laughs> I would rather punch myself in the face for a year straight because then I can at least control how soft I'm punching myself, and then it won't be. I'll just. <laughs> it won't be as bad. I'll just say this: if you plan on going to watch Doctor Strange this weekend, you're going to understand why I'm laughing really hard right now. Um, that's not a <laughs> spoiler answer, alert whatsoever. Though? I'd rather watch the first period because it almost gets, it's so bad that it's funny. Oh, yeah. I would rather like, hit myself. Because I can do it soft enough and not have to watch that over okay. and over, you know? Okay. okay. Uh, from Kat, please just read Pred's Facebook comments. <laughs> oh, we should just do a lot of those. We should day. do a lot of those for our last show. We should do, yeah, we should do a little bit. Best of. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. But I, I did want to read this out loud. This is from, this is some uh, copy pasta that made its way. For those of you that don't know, it's copy paste. It is. It's bowl that is just spewed out on the internet that is from some th- other place, but it makes its way into different groups trying to trigger reactions. That is the layman's way to say that, I believe. But after the Nashville SC game that opened up Geodis Park, where they had a 1-1 tie uh, with the Philly Union, which was a fantastic atmosphere. Oh, my goodness. It, it was just awesome uh, to be there for that. But there was a post in a Nashville SC fans group that I don't admin. <laughs> Like I do the Natural Predators one. This is relevant to the Preds because you'll you'll know why. Honestly, I know that I'm in the minority, but I'm not the biggest fan of the You Suck chants. I don't go to hockey for that reason. For that reason? It's obnoxious and distasteful, and I don't want anything to do with that. I was really hoping that as NSC would get more established, that Preds chants would go away. But looks like it's just getting stronger. Hate saying this, but I have no interest at all in going to any more matches. I'd rather attend more wholesome events before anyone has any negative comments, discouraging, um, complaining, departure announcements. I have to admit it is therapeutic to publicly express this. Peace out, guys. Actually, it has been enjoyable and wholesome to see everyone's posts on this page. <laughs> There's so Actually much. Actually, it's been wait, enjoyable and wholesome to see. Okay. It's just so funny because I highly doubt that's serious. But it's written so well that it's triggered hundreds of comments in both the Nashville SC and the Nashville Predators group from people thinking it's absolutely serious. I need to go read the comments. <laughs> because if you say you're not going to go to a game or a match just because of one chance saying you suck, if you're actually serious, mm-hmm. uh, that's the reason you're not going to go. The world <laughs> is not for you. The sports world is not for you. Soccer, even more than hockey, is not for you. Mm-hmm. Wholesome. The, I mean, Peppa Pig opened a theme park down in Orlando. I heard great things about it. 
probably go there. <laughs> That's all I can think about. Oh, Justin. <sighs> what? That's good. No, it's good. Oh, okay. Peppa Pig opened. Uh, <laughs> opened you can go there. It's wholesome. You can well, yeah, it's like almost just heartbreaking. <laughs> I don't want to go to games anymore. They say you. I don't want sorry. anything to do with that. I want more. You sound like Eeyore right now. I know. That's that's what <laughs> pasta sounds like, Eeyore. Okay. This one comes from uh, D Poppy Seeds. <laughs> do oh, you like think? That. Do you think an easy first round beatdown at the hands of the Abs increases the chances of Phil leaving town this summer? Whew. So. Yeah, we know that for the playoffs, they've stopped discussions, whatever mm-hmm. discussions were happening. Yeah, and I have, I have said that I don't think he has a desire to leave here, and I'm going to stick with that. Mm-hmm. However, I think it's going to make conversations a little more interesting. I think it's going to make more of a case for Philip Forsberg to demand what he wants to stay because he's like, look, I mean, this is the team I'm staying with. Couldn't even make it past the first round of the playoffs. What are you going to give me to to satisfy me? I don't think he's I don't think he's going to try to get out. Um, that's just my opinion. But I think it's it's only building his case stronger. For me, I think it's still that he would want to be here because there's still potential in this team. Mm-hmm. While they may not have performed well in game one, I still think with the youth on the team, with Soros, a healthy Soros, there's potential in this team to do good things in the next three years i Mm -hmm. truly do believe that that is not me being a homer or anything because it's there we've seen what can happen when they perform matt duchene doesn't have to have a 40 goal season every year he can have a 30 goal season he's still performing eight million dollars philip forsberg 30 goal that's all that's all you need to expect from that so i still think there's good signs pointing towards that it just depends on how the series goes but i still think overall he'll be here uh landry asks what's the reward for watching the whole thing another shot um <laughs> this uh let's see here this one comes from logan does askarov have a chance to get called up even though he signed on a tryout contract with the admirals no I, that is not going to happen because you have to sign his elc he's not signed his entry-level contract yet so that's that's not going to happen and i don't see them signing an elc and then burning it burning a year off of that just to have him get some experience. Just to have I, a few games, For yeah. one game, yeah. that might be a loss. I, I just don't see that happening. Let's see. Matt Scully, why did game one exactly parallel the opening title sequence of the video game Zero Wing? That is a deep reference right there that I thankfully get. If you don't know, just look up Zero Wing introduction and you'll understand exactly what Matt means Does with stuff that. happen like really, really fast? Yeah. Sequence? Things just happen and it's, you're just, wait, what? What? Huh? Okay. What? That makes sense. Yeah. That, that's that right there. Let's see. Peyton Turnage, what did you have for dinner last night? I had one of those um, screaming Sicilian frozen pizzas. Mm. That is the best frozen pizza that I've ever had. I was trying to see if it correlated, if the name of what you had correlated to the game somehow. No, but even on the back of the cardboard, it has a perforation where you can get a mustache and you just put it in your nostril and you have a little screaming Sicilian mustache. <laughs> That tickle your nose, me saying that? <laughs> tickle my throat. My allergies tickle my throat, but also it was funny. Um, I, had a, I had a salad that was actually called a power salad. Oh. And then the Preds did not have that same. You stole their salad? Uh, yeah. Why would you I do drained, such a thing? I drained the juice. Sorry. <laughs> Last question comes from Brian Ethington. What, what primetime TV shows would you recommend I watch tomorrow night? I've been oh, out of the loop for a while. I have been out of the loop as well, which I know that's like a funny question, but I've been out of the loop on network TV for a while. Walker, Texas Ranger, the old one. 
That's on? No. There's a new one that happened. Oh. No. I would recommend, I highly recommend if you haven't watched it, Peacemaker on HBO Max. I th- thought it was really hilarious, funny, incredible. Uh, it is a DC-based thing with John Cena. Moon Knight finale just came out today as well. And then, hey, the big one coming up later this month is Obi-Wan Kenobi. The series coming up at the end of May. The trailer just came out today. I am so incredibly excited for that. Huh. And Ozark. But that's not part okay. of time. <laughs> well, those are, the, those are all streaming, that too. That one finally, yeah. All right. Well, folks, again, we'll be done. When when the Preds are done, we'll have a big wrap-up show, so we'll make sure you don't miss that. Just keep an eye on socials. I'm at Justin B. Bradford. She's at Rebecca Glenn. Uh, big appreciation to Kyle Perkins and Matt Best for joining us tonight. As always, thank you so much, Jared Cassidy, for producing us. For Glenn Blackwell, this is Justin Bradford. Thanks so much for tuning in to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 1025 The Game.